Hello, Morning America! It's your hosts, Bridget and Caitlin, here to talk to you about some special Halloween episodes. For this um, series, we chose three cartoons. So the first one we watched was Summer Ween from Gravity Falls. This is from the first season. So my experience with Gravity Falls, I've watched, like, I think this was the second episode I've seen. Yeah, she's seen the first, the very first episode, um, too. Yeah, so I, I'm not, like, super into it, but I do like it. I just haven't, like, gotten around to watching a bunch of episodes. Yeah. Caitlin, on the other hand. I've watched all but one episode. The only episode I have never finished is um, the one where Dipper and Mabel go laser tagging for Seuss's birthday, and they, like, go forwards in time. I don't know. I, for some reason, I tried watching it, couldn't finish it. Hmm. So that's the only one I haven't watched. This, just just a note, this episode was recommended to us by our friend Nicole. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to talk a little about the plot, like, overall plot? Sure. Um, so the plot of this episode is basically, it's Summerween, which is um halloween but in like july Mm -hmm. and um dipper and mabel have always gotten trick-or-treating together they have a history of doing like really cute twin costumes and this year they're supposed to go again and they're both really excited but then wendy invites dipper to go to a party and basically wendy and robbie are like oh you know trick-or-treating it's for babies Mm -hmm. like you, you know we're old enough not to go so dipper decides he wants to go um to the party instead of go trick-or-treating with mabel and he kind of tries to like lie his way out of it by saying he's sick but it doesn't work and then the uh, summerween trickster visits them and they disrespect him by slamming (laughs) the door in his face over and over again which is very comical and um he says that if they don't get 500 pieces of candy by the end of the night then like something bad's gonna happen basically Mm -hmm. so dipper goes trick-or-treating with mabel and candy and grenda and seuss and when they get 499 pieces, Dipper accidentally loses all the candy, and then they get attacked by the submarine trickster. And there's also a subplot with Stan, <laughs> and we'll talk about that more. Yeah. It's not really necessary to know right off the bat. Mm-hmm. One thing I have noticed, um, especially in this episode of the show, is just how like everything is so well thought out like there are so many details in like overall and like just like the little things are so funny like um the first one of the first scenes they were in um like a halloween store and they were like all causing their own chaos like (laughs) seuss was hitting one of the toys and then like mabel and uh oh dipper had like a wheelbarrow and they were like running around the aisles running into stuff and stan was Dripping blood, all fake blood all over the floor. Yeah, and it was just so funny. And then at the end, um, they all, like, leave, and Stan uh, cheated the system and shoplifted. <laughs> <Cheated> the system. <laughs> but yeah. he, he left a Stan book, which is just, like, a piece of lined paper with a dollar bill drawn on it. It's yeah. so funny. Um, my first note about this episode is I actually related it to Phineas and Ferb even before we watched Phineas and Ferb for, mm-hmm. this, um, for this episode. I was commending it for giving an excuse to do a Halloween episode in summer because Mm -hmm. I feel like Halloween fits really well into the the vibe of Gravity Falls, so it's definitely, like, fair for them to want to have a Halloween episode, and I just thought it was done, like, really thoughtfully. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, they did did jack-o'-melons instead of Mm jack-o'-lanterns. So, like, watermelons carved into jack-o'-lanterns. I thought that was so cute. I didn't even think of that like I thought it was funny that I think I have a note about Wendy carving a watermelon but I didn't even think of that that it is funny yeah yeah um oh one 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 line that I thought was funny was the Halloween trickster told them that they had to trick or treat or die I wrote that down too. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really did enjoy it was that. like very dramatic but in a really lovable way like when he said that I was just like oh my god yeah and then Dipper just immediately like closing the door over and over again on the trickster like hey man like you're too old for Halloween yeah. and then like slamming <laughs> the door in his face over and over again was too funny and then another thing that I just want to like put out there is i've watched this episode like many times i'd say it's one of my favorite episodes of gravity falls and i always feel like the 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 summerween trickster always reminds me of no face from spirited away i don't you i don't think you've seen that but if you have seen it you might know what i'm talking about because they both um 
are like a black colored being with a mask mm-hmm. and then they grow and morph and have like a really creepy mm-hmm. like mouth that opens up and swallows people whole mm-hmm. so but the um no face doesn't talk until he swallows someone so that's different mm-hmm. but it always reminds me of that one thing that you might not know about caitlin and i is that we watch all of our tv with captions just because that's how we like to watch it um, <laughs> i know what you're gonna say. and they're kept it and like every five minutes it would say sinister laughter and it was so funny (laughs) so I really enjoyed that aspect of it um I want to talk about the characters a little bit something that you might not know but I would because I've watched all of it is that Dipper and Mabel both have moments of selfishness like throughout all the episodes so Mm -hmm. in this episode in particular it was a Dipper moment he was being selfish because he wasn't thinking of Mabel Mm -hmm. and only thinking of himself and trying to make the decision to go to the party without telling her but then there are other episodes and actually this is a major critique of Mabel's character that she is overly selfish like she cares first about herself and what she wants Mm -hmm. but I do think it's interesting that both characters have those moments and they're only 12 like they're supposed to be 12 years old so they're still learning but at the end of the day like they do learn a good lesson and I think that's good character writing. Mm-hmm. And also, I wanted to mention how amazing Stan's character is. I think he's so funny. He's just like, he, I don't know, he reminds me of like Ron Swanson in a little bit. I don't, in a way I can't explain. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of like this like goofy old guy. When, in this episode he is, and a lot of other ones he's kind of more complex. But in this episode he's just kind of like a goofy old guy and I like enjoy it a lot. Mm-hmm. I like that. His subplot was funny. Yeah. Sort of. I didn't, I didn't, it didn't blow me away. I enjoyed the big plot yeah. more. Because you know sometimes there's an episode of something where, like, the subplot is, like, the plot. Yeah. Like, it, like, it's objectively better. Or sometimes I feel like the subplot just bothers me. Like, there are some episodes of Hannah Montana I'm thinking of that, like, I would rather just watch Miley and Lily. Like, I don't care about Jackson. Jackson and Robbie. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> But this one, I mean, Stan's subplot didn't take up a lot of the episode. Mm-hmm. Like, they would kind of just cut to him giving out candy to trick-or-treaters, yeah. and there's, yeah. like, these two little boys that he's trying to scare, and then at the very end, he scares them by um, showing them his herring manchas, yeah. I guess, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and we, I told, I Bridget mentioned that she thought this as well, but when he takes off the towel, it you think he's naked, but then they cut to him in the doorway, and he's wearing, like... Underpants. Yeah, like boxers. Yeah. So, I I think that's the point, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another thing that I wrote down, like... It surprises me that some of this aired on Disney. Like, it's just so... It, it's very... I don't want to say Cartoon Network, but it's more that vibe mm-hmm. from a lot of the Disney cartoons. It's just very different. The from... show got away with a... It got away with a lot of stuff. And yeah. I told Bridget that... I can't remember exactly what, but I do know that... The flyer that Wendy hands to Dipper in this episode for the Halloween party, it has, like, a couple bullet points on it, but there was supposed to be a third one, and Disney told um, Alex Hirsch that he couldn't keep it on it, so they took it off mm-hmm. before the episode aired. So there were some things that they got rid of, which yeah. is interesting. And actually, they did censor it a little bit on Disney+. Plus. Oh, really? Some of the early episodes, I didn't notice it in this one in particular, but when they first released Disney+, Plus, they were censoring the logo that's on Stan's, like, um, hat. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Oh. But they did. That's interesting. Yeah. And they didn't tell Alex Hirsch, so he was just like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I have a note about is that Jennifer Coolidge um, mm-hmm. made a cameo in this episode as um, a cat lady, she's, and her costume is a ball of yarn. Yeah. She's Lazy Susan. She's a regular character. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, and here's the funny thing. I, like I said, I've watched all but one episode of Gravity Falls. Like, mm-hmm. I've watched it all the way through. Yeah. I never knew that it was Jennifer Coolidge. Like, it took mm. me so long to figure it out. Like, I don't know why. Mm. I don't know. I kept thinking, oh, it sounds like her. So someone who sounds like her. Mm-hmm. Why did I think that? Why did I just think this is Jennifer Coolidge? I don't know. I don't know why. Oh, well, let's talk about Seuss's character in this episode. He was so funny. He was funny. I, I feel like I laughed more at the stuff that he did than anything else. I don't know why. See, I feel like it's hard to do, um, to be reviewing this episode when, like, I've only seen it once, and True. I'm also focusing on, like, how Halloween is it, like, But you were laughing. I heard I you was laughing. laughing at Seuss. I just, I think I missed some stuff overall. Yeah. But I liked, um, the end of the episode with Seuss, and... <laughs> he goes, I ate a man alive tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, another character thing. 
Um, I wrote down, I didn't, I guess I'd never really thought about it like this before, but I wrote down Dipper just wants to grow up and Mabel just wants to stay a kid forever. Okay, yeah. I, I also want to talk about this because this is going to come up in a little bit, um, in the next episode that we're going to talk about, but, um, I loved, Mabel had a line, I think I wrote it down, um, we're getting older, there's not that many Halloweens left, and I, like, love that because I definitely had the attitude more of Dipper when I was in, like, middle school where I was Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I'm too old for this now. Like, I think I got to eighth grade and I was like, I feel like I'm, like, too old to be going. Yeah. And it's sad because you're not, and you only have a few Halloweens left, and I, yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. It's really sweet at the end, too, like... She, when they're, like, quote-unquote fighting the Summerween trickster, Mabel falls and she scrapes her elbow. And then at the very end of the episode, Dipper gives her a bandage. And it's just, like, a really sweet moment that, like, they've made up and Mm -hmm. they're enjoying their favorite holiday again together. Yeah. It's really, really nice. Yeah. They're good siblings. Mm Mm-hmm. I really did think Seuss was a star in this episode. I have a note about that. I just thought I would say it. (laughs) Again, like, I think I just can't compare it because... I've only seen so many. I think that might be you, like, knowing how much he's in it and, like, you know what I mean? There were just, like, many moments that I, like, oh, my God, found so funny. When, like, he's, so he he gets eaten by the Summerween trickster and then he eats his way out because the trickster is ends up being made up of loser candy. So, like, the candy at the bottom of the bag that nobody wants. And the Summerween trickster is crying and he's like, I can't believe you, you ate, like, mm-hmm. the, the loser candy. Like, mm-hmm. you really like how I taste? And Seuss is like... Sure. Like, he's not really, yeah. he's not like yes or no. He's just kind of like, yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was great. It is funny. But yeah, I, I did enjoy this episode a lot. Do you have any other, I don't have any other notes about it, really. No, but I will say that Gravity Falls always makes me laugh. Yeah. It like, it never fails. It was definitely funny. It was definitely very funny. It's just like the clever writing and the, the little details. Yeah. That always get me. And I feel like every time I watch it, too, I notice something else, which is something that I like about it a lot. Yeah. I can't believe that Alex Hirsch, is that a yeah. that he hasn't written more shows for Disney or whatever, because this was, the, the the show really is something special. He based Dipper and Mabel off of him and his sister. Isn't that cute? Yeah. Yeah. I like this show. Um, so we decided to rate each of these episodes on four, um, categories. So the first one is Halloween vibe, plot, spookiness, and then an overall rating. Okay. So for um, Halloween vibe, what did you give it? I gave it a nine. I gave it a ten. Okay. I think I think it does have like um. It's a little easier to make this a Halloween episode because it's Gravity Falls. Yes. Like granted, it is during the summer, but like the nature of the show is already kind of like. You know. Yeah, there's like monsters. Yeah. And, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. So. I'll I only go. gave it a nine because I I didn't want to be too biased. <laughs> I like the show too much. Yeah. Plot, what did you give it? Um, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I just rated it down a little bit for Stan's subplot. Yeah. But, you know, like, it's a kid's show, so I can't really get mad at it for that. Yeah. If I, if I wasn't being biased, I would probably just give all the areas the 10 out of 10. Yeah. Oh, and spookiness. Oh, no, I didn't give it my plot yet. Oh. My plot, I gave it a 7.5, and I'll get into... But, um... Basically... The plot for this is uh, going to come up again, and so I'm going to talk about that, comparing yes. it in a minute. Um, spookiness, what did you give it? I gave it a nine. I said eight and a half, nine. I guess I couldn't pick. The thing with this episode is the first time I watched it, I was, like, honestly a little, like, creeped out. Like, the Summerween trickster is kind of scary so, for kids. This is this was something I was also going to talk about, and I forgot, but I kept watching it and being like, I wonder if I would have been scared if I'd watched this when it came on in the first place, like, if I wasn't, like, 20 years old. Um, For me, like, a 10 would be the Sweet Life Halloween episode. Yeah. Because that one was actually scary and it terrified me as a child. But I loved it. Um, So, like, if that's a 10, this is, like, an 8.5, 9. Like, it was spooky. And I enjoyed it for that. And overall, what did you give it? I gave it a 10. I gave it a 9. Okay. It was really good. I love this episode. Yeah. Shout out to Nicole. Yes, thank you, Nicole. Um, so the second episode we're going to be talking about is Kim Possible. The episode is entitled October 31st. And it's from season one. It's episode 14. 
Um, so a little bit about the plot of this episode. It's very it mirrors Gravity Falls plot a lot. Obviously, this one came out first, right. but I don't. It's it's a little different. So basically, Ron wants to go trick or treating, and Kim feels like they're too old. In this case, they're in high school, so I would argue that. They are maybe a little too old, like, yeah. uh, depending on, I don't know what grade they're supposed to be in. True. But, uh, like, in, in this episode, like, it's kind of humorous that Ron wants to go, because he's, like, clearly too old, where in the other one, like, it's, a, it's, they're not too old. Um, so Kim wants to go to Monique's party, um, and meanwhile, her parents are also throwing a haunted house at the hospital that they work at. And Kim ends up getting a contrarian, which is some sort of evil device. Oh, no, no, not a contrarian. Centaurian. (laughs) Contrarian is a real thing. (laughs) A centaurian, (laughs) which is, like, some sort of evil device stuck on her. And every time she lies, it, like, creates a suit of armor. Um, And so, obviously, she's lying a lot because... Oh, she, she decides to go to the party because Josh is there and she has a crush on him. So, she lies to her parents and tells them that... Um, she's going to go trick-or-treating with Ron, and then she lies to Ron and tells him that she's going to help with the haunted house, um, when really she's at the party because she doesn't want to hurt mostly Ron's feelings. Um, and then, basically, the suit of armor, she ends up fighting Shigo in a really cool fight Yeah, that I'm going to talk about. Do you have anything to add? I feel uh, like I missed a lot. I don't know. I don't think you missed a lot. Uh, she's uh, did I, did you mention why she's going to the party or like why she? What did you what? Does she, she loves jo- Josh. Yeah. Yeah, she has a crush on him. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Okay. If you want to know more about the plot, watch the episode. Yeah, <laughs> and then you'll know what we're talking about a little bit more. Um, so I think overall, this was a pretty good episode. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I get that. Um, one thing that I just don't understand, and I don't know if you can help me with this, why does she go work for Draken? I don't know. And I have a note about that, too. She's much more capable than him, much smarter than him, yeah. much stronger than him, and that's like much cooler joke. than him. And that's the joke. But, like, but then why does she work for him? Because he's older than her? Like, I don't... It's unclear. Yeah. But the, what age are they? How can you quantify that? Yeah, I guess. You have no idea. Like, it's... I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. That's very... It's just very weird to me. Yeah. Because she's, yeah, much smarter, much more capable, and she could definitely... If any of them could take over the world, it would obviously be her. Yes, agreed. Um, Because he's tried many times and failed all times. He didn't even really do anything in this episode. Every time something had to happen, he would be like, she go, go. Yeah. Or like, fight or something. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah, I don't really... I like Ron and Kim together like a lot and i love ron and rufus i love rufus Was Rufus in this episode in the very beginning and like the very like the- i only vaguely remember he was just barely in it but i love him yeah um this is like a bigger point to bring up but i have read some stuff online recently in like the wake of the black lives matter protests about um like a poc best friend yeah character right and kim does have a poc best friend and wade too so monique and wade yeah and i think monique is really cool she has a cool character but you know like it is i guess it's just topical to bring that up right now because i never really thought about it too much as a kid but now like watch an episode i was like yeah okay i can see why anyone is saying this I can see that, but at the same time, like, all of the shows that we watched, none of the main characters are POC. Yeah. Which is That's a, a good point. So, it does, it does, though. I, I definitely, it does follow that stereotype pretty. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just something interesting to think about when you go back and watch episodes from your childhood mm-hmm. TV shows, just to keep it in mind. Yeah. And, you know, like... These are written by adults, not and not by kids. So right, adults know better. Kids don't. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, so I thought okay, wait. Something I wanted to mention was like I think that Ron and Kim have a really great friendship, which confused me to some extent during this episode because I feel like they're close enough that she could have just been like, 
I would like to go to Monique's party. Um, or at least just talked it out with him. Yeah. I think she, yeah, because he was going to be disappointed either way. I agree. He, what's he going to do? Like, stop her? Like, guilt her? Like, clearly he's not going to guilt her because he wasn't going to guilt her for, Or they could have just compromised. Like, they could have just had a little compromise situation. Right. But it, like, even then, when they show the flashback of Ron and Kim when they're kids dressed as a cowboy and a ballerina, Mm -hmm. and guess which one is dressed as which, by the way, um... Kim doesn't even really seem thrilled during that flashback. Like, they zoom in on her face, yeah. and she just looks annoyed. So it seems like she's never really enjoyed Halloween. Right. So I'm like, you need to bring that up at some point. Yep. Girl. That's true. That's true. Which I don't personally understand. I don't know. I think Halloween is fun. Yeah. Halloween well, is cool. As a kid, I don't know why you wouldn't like trick-or-treating, but that's just me. <laughs> um. It's so weird that Kim's identity is just, like, not a secret at all. It is. It is to people at her school, I think. Is it not? I kind of feel like it's not. I think it's only not to, like, Monique. Because otherwise she wouldn't be lying. Remember she lied to the people at the party? Sort of. Like, why are you a robot? I'm pretty sure it is a secret. But, like, she's in the news with her face and name. So they have to know. I don't know. I'm not sure. And then Monique called Wade, like, to... On the communicator, right, but they were standing with Josh. I don't know. Apparently, I just haven't, I haven't watched the show in a long, in a little while, and I just don't think I remember that, but I do think it's weird. My understanding was that it's, like, I guess a Superman situation where they're, like, oh, like, but you're right, they do use her name. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Regardless, um... One thing I thought was interesting, again, comparing it to Gravity Falls, is that they each had something that, like, held them accountable when they lied. So for Dipper, it was the um, Summer Ween trickster. And yes. And for this, it was the Centaurian. It was just interesting. Well, while we're on the topic of related them, let's just talk about how similar the plots were. Yeah. Um, so obviously, Kim and Dipper both felt like they were too old for trick-or-treating, and Mabel and Ron did not. Um, the difference being... I enjoyed Gravity Falls because it made it more of, like, a deep topic of, like, you know, are you too old? Like, when do you age out of this? Like, kind of, like, enjoy it while you have it versus, Mm -hmm. like, Kim Possible was very, it was just supposed to be humorous. The message of this episode was more, like, honesty is the best policy, that kind of thing. And it kind of makes it clear at the end. So it's similar. The plots are similar, but the messages are a little different. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was weird for us to go from Gravity Falls, like, straight into this episode, and <laughs> the plots were, like, eerily similar. Yeah. And obviously there are differences because this episode also had that element of, like, Draken and Shigo, and then the other guy whose name I can't remember. Oh. Duff um, Killigan. Yeah, Duff Killigan. Um, and that's something. And then in the Gravity Falls episode, it was the Summerween Trickster, and right. then we had um, Stan's subplot. But it's still, like, those that idea of... Being too old for Halloween was yep. the message in yep. the episode. Um, and we also forgot to talk about our background with the show in general. Oh, yeah. This is a show that I watched a lot when I was little, and I remembered not a lot of it. And then right. I rewatched it sometime when I was in high school. I watched a lot of episodes, what I could actually watch. Um, yep. But I, don't, I did not watch this one, so this was like, it felt like my first time watching it if I haven't seen it. I don't know if I've seen this episode before. I watched a little bit of it, like, last summer, like, at night. Or maybe it was two years ago. Regardless, I haven't seen Kim Possible in a little while. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm a little foggy on the details. Right, me too. But, still. Mm -hmm. What? Okay, so what else? I wrote down that there wasn't too much of a Halloween vibe in this episode, for it being a Halloween episode. I think it had a Halloween vibe. I don't think it had a spooky vibe. Hmm. So, like, obviously it took a lot of the aspects of Halloween. I liked the haunted house. I liked the twins' costumes. Um, yeah. Trick-or-treating was involved. The party was involved. That didn't... I don't know. I guess it depends, like, what you constitute a Halloween vibe. True. Um, I think you're right. One thing I really liked was at the end, 
um, not only were, like, the parents and Ron disappointed with Kim for lying, but all of the villains were disappointed in Kim. Yes, and at one point, <laughs> Draken literally, like, goes to, like, go towards Kim, and her dad is like, no, like, this is my time. Yeah. And I thought that was so funny. Yeah. Like, dad Trump supervillain. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah. All right. Anything um, else? Yes. The only other thing is that the fight scene between Kim and Shigo was really good and very like i like the wit in this show Mm -hmm. i love a good um like i love witty banter that's like yeah huge huge for me and um i appreciate that about this show because i think it's sometimes hard to put in a kid's show true so i enjoy i like shigo's character she's really funny yeah she's just like cool yes definitely (laughs) um Oh, and I love, at the end, um, Josh ends up going trick-or-treating with Ron. Yes, it's so sweet. Yeah. And then she's like, can I go with you guys next year? And they just ignore her. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you got what you deserved. Yeah. <laughs> but I just love that. So, that's, but that's all I have. What about you? That's, uh, I think that's pretty much everything. Oh, the phone call between, like, um, so Kim was on the phone with Monique, and then she was also on the phone with Ron, like, going back and forth. I wrote that was, like, so 2000s. Like, it reminded me of Mean Girls a little bit. Or, um, Lizzie McGuire is the same way. Yes. Yeah. Love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I gave it, um, for Halloween vibe, I, ga- I, I gave it a 10 just because oh. I actually gave all of them a 10. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, maybe we shouldn't have made that category, but I don't know. What I did gave you give it a it? four. Okay. I just didn't really feel it. That's I fair. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Spooky vibe. Spookiness. Five. I gave it a two. Yeah. I didn't really think this was spooky at all. For me, five is, like, there's not a lot of spook, but it's not, like, nothing, I guess. I yeah. don't know. Um, it would have to be pretty, like, it would have to be, like, an autumn episode for me to give it a zero for yeah spook. But obviously, compared to Gravity Falls, not spooky at all. Right. Um, but I don't think that was the intention of the episode either, so. Exactly. Um, overall, I gave it a 7.5, but as we're talking about it, I might give it a little lower, maybe I like gave it, I said a 6 or a 7. Yeah. And I wrote 6 or 7 being generous, because I felt like watching this episode, I was, like, thinking about Gravity Falls the whole time, and I was like, I have to be unbiased. I have to be unbiased. Yeah. This isn't, like, a standout for a Kim Possible episode, I feel. No, but it definitely I, it was, isn't. It was still funny. Like, there were yeah. still things that I laughed at and enjoyed, but. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Let's do it. Ready? For the last one? What are you talking the about? The last episode. Do our what? What? We'll move on. Move <laughs> okay. on. I'm excited to talk about Phineas and oh, Ferb. okay. Yes, we're doing Phineas and Ferb for season four. I thought you were trying to do some sort of weird <laughs> intro with me. No. <laughs> I was like, we did not plan this. Um, <laughs> Unplanned intro. So this is the terrifying tri-state trilogy of terror, season four, episode 18. This episode was so good. It was outstanding. I loved it. Yeah. I was so excited. I always forget how much I love Phineas and Ferb, and yeah. then I watch it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this, this show is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we actually, so Caitlin had, I had in mind the one where um, they're trying to scare the hiccups out of Isabella, because I think that one came, I think that's season that's one That's season one, because I remember we passed it when we went to this episode. And it came out around Halloween, so I didn't even know this episode existed. And then I was thinking of the one in the haunted house that, like, there's, like, a roller coaster, like, kind of thing inside the haunted house. And then there's also that subplot of Doofenshmirtz talking about um, his childhood experiences with Halloween in his hometown and yeah. his neighbor Kenny. And I feel like maybe that's, like, a half-and-half half episode. Yeah. Like, those were two separate. Yeah. You know how, like, the episodes have a slash yep. and there's, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about that. But then, so we settled on this episode, but I don't think either of us had ever seen it. No. Oh, Which actually ended up being really cool because then we get to watch it with fresh eyes and loved it. Yeah, like it was we were amazing. cracking up it laughing. Was it was so, so good. funny. Um, so the first thing that I noticed was the changes to the theme song. Yes, and even like beyond like the sound, just like little little things that they put in to the theme mm-hmm. song, like little images or whatever. It was really cool to see. Or like. <laughs> Some of the, like, little voices in the background, like, where's Perry? They were like, where's Perry? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, just, like, a general overview for the framing of this episode. We um, start on, like, a zoom-in of this kind of spooky guy in a bookmobile, which is the macabre bookmobile. Mm-hmm. 
And he has a book, which is the terrifying Tri-State Trilogy of Terror, and he's basically framing and telling the stories, the three separate ones. Mm -hmm. And then in each of the stories, they have the book as well. Mm -hmm. So that's how they set it up. That's a good, it was a good setup. It was pretty funny. There were, like, some little elements right in that beginning part that I thought were really funny. Yeah. Like, somebody walks up to the bookmobile and thinks it's a food truck, and then yeah. he gives him one star. Yeah. And he thinks, I thought that was funny. And then they put terrifying Tri-State Trilogy of Terror on the screen, and it looks like it's written sort of, like, in a red, bloody font. Mm. And then he wipes it off with a yeah. squeegee. That was kind of funny. <laughs> um, again, we forgot to talk about our experience with Phineas oh, and Ferb. Oh, we've both seen a fair amount of Phineas and Ferb. This is my favorite cartoon, but at the same time, I don't watch, like, a ton of cartoons, so I've probably seen two-thirds of the episodes of this show. I don't know how much I've seen. I definitely, like, I would watch it when it was on TV, but I haven't watched it from start to finish. Yeah. Like, my friend Vicky has watched all of it from start to finish, and I wish I could do that. Like, yeah. I want to do it someday, but... Right. I really do enjoy the show. I and love it. Also, another friend of ours who loves the show, Alex Suro, yeah. thought we just... Shout out. Shout out, Why Alex not Sarah? all the shout outs in this episode? <laughs> um, so, yeah, the changes to the theme, the narrator. I have a question for you. For me. Did you like, what did you think of the narrator, like, overall? Because part of me liked it, and part of me thought it was a missed opportunity to have, like, Carl be the narrator, or, like, mm. their biggest fan be the narrator. Or one of the creators. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it could, Yeah. I don't know. I did. Carl. I didn't like. I didn't not like the narrator. I just. I was just thinking about. Oh, it might be interesting if it was like monotone or Carl or yeah. whoever. Because then at the end, the narrator is like trying to. Um, monotone. Who are you talking about? What's his name. Monogram. Monogram. Yes. Yeah. It was. I mean, it's a word, but not yeah. the one you were. <laughs> um. At the end, you find out like why he's the narrator and that he's like trying to. Um, Get a loan for his bookmobile. Yeah. That was pretty funny. Um, yeah, it was funny, but then I was like, well, I guess it could also have been Carl or Monogram doing that, so I don't yeah. know. I just thought it was interesting, that's all. Okay, so let's talk about the first... So there's three sections of this episode. Section number one mm-hmm. focuses on Candace and Ducky Momo. Yes. <laughs> if when we Okay, so obviously neither of us have seen this episode. We, when we first came upon Candace sitting in her window seat... With Ducky Momo next to her, I was immediately like, I love Ducky Momo. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it was very that. exciting that he was a big player in this episode. I guess, um, what's her friend's name? Um, Stacy? Yeah, I guess Stacy was sort of also in this episode because she's on the phone with Candace, but we don't see her. Right. Um, and oh, if you don't know what Ducky Momo is, it's basically like a Furby. Like, that's like the vibe that I Yeah, got. Um, like a collectible toy. Yeah. He's cute. He's just, like, a little plump yellow duck. Yeah. Very sweet. And basically, like, oh, so in each of the, um, little, what do, what are we calling them? Sections? Sections. Um, they're reading from the book that the narrator is reading from. Yes, the terrifying Tri-State Trilogy of Terror, which I realize now I've said about five times, <laughs> and I would like to stop. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Candace is reading from it, and she's like, oh, Stacy, like, I guess if I read this thing, um, then... Under yeah. the moonlight. Yeah. Under the light of a oh, full right. moon. Then, then Ducky Momo will come alive and be evil. Um, and so she reads it, and she's like, ha, 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 and then he does come alive. Um, and it's <laughs> so funny. He's just kind of like, so she's like just going around the house doing her thing, going to the fridge, going outside, like, mm-hmm. just for a second, and she's still on the phone with Stacy, but Ducky Momo is, like, following very closely behind her. But every time, excuse me, every time it looks like he's going to reveal himself, she somehow, like, evades him in a very comical way. Yeah. Like, she's closing the door to the outside, and she's kicking it and kicking it and kicking it. Yeah. And he's just, like, stuck in the door. It's so funny. Yeah. Like, ah, physical comedy. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and then there's one scene where, after she finally does find out that he is, um, what do you want to call it? Possessed, I guess? He's alive. He's alive. Um, she gets so freaked out, and she's running around, and there's a song that they wrote specifically (laughs) for this, like, small section of the episode that is so funny. Yes. Um, and then, which I love about Phineas and Ferb, that's, I think, unique to, like, every show ever. Like, I don't think there's any show that has ever used music in such an interesting way. 
compared to Phineas and Ferb. I can't think of one. I mean, like, maybe Spongebob a little bit, but definitely not to this extent. No, not to this extent, yeah. Oh, wait, I want to go back. Just something to go back on. Um, when Ducky Momo comes alive, he she accidentally pushes him... Candace accidentally pushes him out of the window. Mm-hmm. And when he falls, he's got, like, a little sheet over him. Mm-hmm. And then he rises up mm-hmm. like the monster... A creature in Frankenstein. Yeah. Which is perfect because him coming alive is just like that movie. So it was like, it was like an allusion. Yeah. To Frankenstein, which I thought was so cool. I've never read Frankenstein, but. It was in the movie. I mean, that that scene was in the movie. I read the book too, but I have seen the movie. Yeah, I've seen the movie. That's what that was from. And then another thing that I want to mention is I. Candace says cheese and crackers. Yeah, during this episode, and I thought it was so funny. I did too. Like immediately. Yeah, and I was like, I want to start saying that. I think it's kind of yeah. goofy, and um, we'll talk about that more. Yeah. but she does say that, and I thought it was great. I also thought it was funny, um, and I also wrote that the attention to detail is similar to Gravity Falls. Yes, it's like the same idea. The comedic timing in the show. I wrote the comedic timing is out of this world. It's just it was so funny. And then, like, they would, like, pause to make a joke. Yes. It's like, it's like the actors were choosing it, but instead it was the cartoon. I don't know. I can't yeah. explain it. Oh, another thing to actually mention in this episode is it's funny that you connected it to Gravity Falls because Alex Hirsch is actually a voice in this episode. Not in this section, but mm-hmm. later on. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so, so eventually, Candace sits down on the couch in the living room, still on the phone with Stacy, and Ducky Momo is on the arm of the couch, and she finally sees him, mm-hmm. and she, like, freaks out, screams, starts running away, so she's trying to run upstairs, but she gets her leg caught in the curtain, and it, like, wraps around her ankle, and she <laughs> gnaws her way out yeah. of it, like, she <laughs> bites through the curtain. It was so funny. It was funny. And then he chases her around the house, and she gets in her room, closes the door, and boards up the room. So she's putting her desk and her books up, and then she puts Ducky Momo up to, like, board against him, because she doesn't realize it's him, and it was so oh, funny. Oh, funny. Oh, we, we both, like, cracked up laughing when that happened. <laughs> so, and then at the end, she finds out that he's not spooky. He's not evil. No, he just wanted a hug. So, so sweet. So he was chasing her around the house. But then, was, yeah, the but bear in her window ends up being really scary and evil. Yeah. Yeah. So that episode was, that part of the episode was amazing. Yeah. Good starter. Was, I was like, how, how is the rest of this going to go if this was already yeah, so good? Yeah. And it, it did have like a nice spook. Like I wasn't scared, but it was like very. It was a kid. It's a kid show. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfect for kids. Yes. Um, part two. Uh, okay. This, okay. So basically the, the plot of part two is it's Perry and Dr. Doofenshmirtz. You don't really need to explain farther than that. Right. However, when this episode part starts, Perry is standing right next to him, and Dr. Doofenshmirtz is reading the Tri-State <laughs> Trilogy of Terror, which I now realize I've said six times now, I think. And he, he, he looks up, notices Perry, and goes, hey, and looks back at the book, and then he's like, oh, Perry, the thought it was. Yeah. It was so funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the plot of this episode is basically, like, there's a baby head giant inexplicable floating baby head yeah and then if you like poke it then you get three wishes is that what yes it is? i think so so um doof pokes it and he gets three wishes they're all on his fingers little baby heads on his fingers um <laughs> and he uses the first one to test it out so he asks for a glass of iced tea <laughs> Um, me too, me too. And then it doesn't have a lemon, and he's like, oh, it would be better, and he's like, okay, I guess I need to be more specific. And then for the, um, is it the second one that he says? Oh, for the second one, he's in the middle of wishing, and then Perry does something, and he goes, cheese and crackers, just like Candace mm-hmm. does in the first episode. Oh, he says, command. I wish, I wish to command cheese and crackers! Yeah. So then he is able to command and control cheese and crackers, which yeah. was so funny, because yeah. now I'm like, I've already got this precedent of, I liked that line. Yeah. And then it shows up again, and I'm like, I like it even more! Right, And exactly. now it's, it's actually, like, part of the episode, part right. of the plot. Exactly. Um, and then his third wish is that he wishes to be the head of the Tri-State Air- Oh, no, he wants to be so specific, so he's like, the ruler, and he's like, no, they might make me a ruler. The monarch! No, I might be a butterfly. And then finally he does, the head of the Tri-State Area, and then he goes, oh, I now realize how that sounded, and there's <laughs> just his head, like, the giant baby head. Wait, let's go back. Cheese, so the cheese and crackers thing, oh, right. so he Sorry. he's, like, sending all these cheese and... 
pieces of cheese and crackers out of the pantry and stuff towards Perry. And Perry is, like, grating the cheese. Like, it's a very funny, like, murderer, like, yeah. stabbing image. Mm-hmm. But it's a cheese grater and the cheese is, like, flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. But when the crackers come out of the cabinet, there were, like, six or seven boxes of crackers. Yeah. And I said, immediately as it happened, I said, who has that many crackers in their cabinet? And then Doof said... Why do I have six boxes of oyster crackers yeah. that we were cracking up? <laughs> that happened, like, three times with this show, where Caitlin would be like, that's weird, and then the character would, like, reference how it's weird, like, it, They're so it self-aware, and yeah. it's just, like, a, in a funny way. Like, any other show would be like, I'm not explaining this. Like, it yeah. doesn't need to be explained, but yeah. they explain why the goofy things are happening, yeah. and it makes it even more funny. Yeah, exactly. Um, when Perry ate the cheese off the floor, it was so cute. Yeah. He was, like, picking up little pieces and going... Yeah. Um, um, it was so cute. <laughs> I just, the show is so funny. Yes. Like, this is probably, this one might have been my least favorite of the of the three parts, and I still loved it. Yes. So. This was my, was I would short. say the last part was my least favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I really okay. liked this part. I just, like, I'm a sucker for Perry and Doofenshmirtz. Like, I, I love, love Doofenshmirtz. He is evil in, like, a lovable way. Yep, definitely. And I've been watching a lot of Dan Palmer's TikTok, so yeah, I'm like very I'm into too. this. Me too. So it was um, lovely. Is that, that's all I have for part two? Okay, so let's move on to part three. So basically, the plot of this episode is that Phineas and Ferb and um, Beefert, Belgique, and Isabella are sitting in a tent in the backyard, and they're reading the book. And there's a section after passing the two sections that correspond to the other two parts of the episode. Phineas lands on a section that says, if you pour grape juice on a platypus, it creates an evil clone. Mm-hmm. So Buford immediately pours grape juice on, a, on the platypus, <laughs> Perry, and it creates an evil clone. And then the clones keep cloning themselves. Yes. And also Buford does say, cheese and crackers, after yeah. he does it. Yeah, so. of course. Connection. Yep. Um... I wrote, this is such a Halloween thing to happen in the middle of summer, which is a line from um, Phineas. Phineas said that. Again, being very self-aware. So they didn't explain it in the same way that Gravity Falls explains things, but they make it, like, humorous. Yes. So... They use it to their advantage. Yeah. Um, so... When the platypi start multiplying themselves, they decide that they have to do something about it, so they're kind of running around the neighborhood on the streets trying to figure out what to do, mm-hmm. and Belgique leads them to a home that belongs to his cowboy life coach. <laughs> and they all sit down in his living room in barrels mm-hmm. and have a glass of lemonade, and then Buford goes, man, it's like we're really taking our time. <laughs> Get this. Yeah. <laughs> that was, again... Yeah, I again, think you said something like that, too. Like Self-aware. But, uh, yeah, I said it before he even said and it. And then there was something with the song, too. One of the songs, yes. Caitlin said, this is kind of depressing. And then uh, Buford, I think, said, this is really putting a damper on things yes, or something. Yes, yes. So when they leave to go... So they've decided that they have to, like, clean the platypi, basically, and take the grape juice stains out, so they're going to soap all of them. Mm-hmm. And the cowboy life coach follows them with his guitar, and he's playing a song, but it's, like, really depressing, and it's got, like, a low mood and slow, and I was like, man, this is, like, not working, and then Buford is like, this is really bringing us down. Like, so then he kicks it up tempo, and eventually they end up at a factory, which ends up being a grape juice factory, which is funny. Yeah. And then Phineas is like, and then all the heroes were ripped to shreds by yeah. the platypus. Yeah. And then the they end. make him change the ending. Yes. Also, he at one point he says platypuses, and I'm like, man, that is not the plural. Yeah. That bothered me. One thing that was a little weird about this episode is that it cut off this part at a weird point. Like, it didn't really have a yeah. clean ending. But that doesn't really bother me, because, again, it's just like, even within the show, this is supposed to be fictional. Oh, the very, very funny ending of this is when they make Phineas redo it, the cowboy rides in on a unicorn, and then, like, there's an officer conquered, juice box, Alex Hirsch voices, Mm -hmm. and then it kind of ends there, and then they're like, oh, you know, that's not very believable, and uh, Buford says it, that Mm -hmm. wasn't very believable, and... Baljeet's like, which part did you not believe? Like, the unicorn? or yeah. And he's like, no, the cowboy. And he's like, you don't believe in cowboys? And Buford's like, have you ever seen one in real life? <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah. Accurate. Yeah. I haven't seen a cowboy. Have you seen a cowboy? I have not seen a cowboy. Yeah. So do they exist? <laughs> um, 
one thing that I have a note about this show, and this is maybe controversial, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but I wrote that, like, the character voices make the show, as opposed to, like, I don't think Gravity Falls, I think Gravity Falls could have been as successful without those specific people voicing them, but I don't know if Phineas and Ferb could have been as successful without Dan Palmermeyer voicing um, Doof, without, like, even, like, Phineas's, the guy who voiced Phineas's voice, like, I, I don't know, for me, there's, like, something, they just, like, they just, like, know the character, and it's just, like, perfect, but what about Stan and Gravity Falls? Like, what do you think about his character? Because Alex Hurst voices Stan. I don't. I don't think I have enough exposure. Okay, because I think it's very specific. Mm-hmm. Like Alex Hirsch knows exactly how he wants him to sound because he wrote the character. Yeah, and that's the same with Dan. Like he wrote Doofenshmirtz, so he that's knows true. what he that's wants true. from him. So maybe him. it's maybe it's just a similar thing. In yeah. General. But voices really do make the show, and you even brought up like Je- having Jennifer Coolidge in Gravity Falls is very cool. Mm-hmm. Like that was very cool. Mm-hmm. And another thing, um, I actually I related Stan to Ron Swanson, his character, and. Nick Offerman is in several episodes. Very cool. Mm-hmm. It was it's that kind of thing is cool for me. Like I love I love when I'm watching a cartoon and I pick up on a voice. Like when I was watching, I rewatched Avatar: Last Airbender because I watch cartoons. I recognized a ton of the voices, including one of the characters, and that is voiced by the guy who plays Lucius Malfoy mm-hmm. in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So it's very cool. Yeah, but I like that and. Phineas and Ferb in specific, like, I don't, I, I think you're right, though. I don't think I could hear any of these characters voiced by anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just, they all, they all have a very specific tone and delivery. Yeah. And even Ferb, who barely speaks. Like, right. if anyone else was voicing him, I'd be like, who right. is this? Right. So, it's just interesting, like, how, how much of an impact that makes on the cartoon. I yes. Loved this episode. Yeah. Loved it. Um, so... I'm pretty much ready to read it. Okay, yeah, me too. Okay. Halloween vibe, what did you say? Mm, I gave it a 2. I gave it an 11. Okay, so here's the thing about this episode. (laughs) It's not Halloween at all. I would say, if I would argue, if anything, it has more of a spooky vibe, because they don't really ever talk about Halloween. Like, in the Gravity Falls episode... It is, it's Summerween, and in the Kim Possible episode, it is Halloween, but Mm -hmm. in this episode, it's the middle of the summer, and they're not even talking really about Halloween. The only mention of Halloween is when Phineas Phineas is like, this is such a Halloween thing to do in the middle of summer. Like, that's really the only thing that relates it to Halloween. I think Mm -hmm. it has more of a spooky feeling than a Halloween, October 31st feeling, you know? I suppose I could see that. I just, maybe maybe it's just because I love Phineas and Ferb, but I, I give it an 11 and Kaylin give it a 2, so. I, would, I might write it up. There you go. <laughs> and that's, it's not a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. No, because, yeah. Like, when I think of Halloween and Phineas and Ferb episodes, I don't think of this one. I think of the one with the haunted house, because it's actually Halloween. Yeah. Like, it's, that one feels to me more like Halloween. Yeah. But it's still, again, with the spookiness, it's still a good episode to get, like, into the vibe. What'd you give it for spookiness? I gave it an 8. I gave it a 9. Okay. So, I did rate it pretty high on that one. And yeah. I gave it, for plot, mm-hmm. I gave it a 10. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I love the plot of this episode. Oh, sorry, and I gave it an 8 out of 10. Here's the thing about that. Mm-hmm. I usually don't enjoy episodes that do this kind of three separate plots mm-hmm. thing. You know episodes and they're like, separate tales of yeah. this and that? Like, yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, usually. I don't either, usually. I think there's an episode, oh, there's an episode of Gravity Falls like that. There's this episode um, where they fall into the bottomless bottomless pit in the yard Mm -hmm. and they're all just kind of floating and they start telling stories so they're all separate Mm -hmm. and that episode is like fine to me but i don't it's just something i don't love 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 usually but this one i really did enjoy because all of the separate plots were funny and i was able to laugh throughout the entire episode yeah didn't feel disjointed because they had those connections between right and it felt like i was like waiting for the last one so when we got to the last one i'm like okay who's gonna say cheese and crackers and the buford said it like so Early Fast. in that I think in they said it part. twice in the Oh, yeah, part. they probably did. I think Phineas said it maybe later. Um, but, yeah, I like that. You'll, if you go back and listen to my ratings, you'll notice I gave <laughs> um, this one an 8 for plot, and I think I gave Gravity Falls a 7.5 and Kim Possible a 7. And it's just that, like, little difference between yeah. Kim Possible and Gravity Falls where just I just enjoyed the Gravity Falls plot line. I liked the message a little more, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was a little more relatable for kids. Um, this plot, like you were saying, I don't generally like the three 
um, parts thing. Yeah. However, I liked the, the plot within the parts, mm-hmm. and that's what made me like it. So that's yeah. why I give it an 8. What's your overall? What would you give it? Oh, we already said spookiness. Yeah, my yeah. overall, I give it an 8.5. I gave it a 9. Okay. Oh, no. I give it an 8. Excuse me. I wrote 9, and then I turned it into an 8. So I might give it an 8.5 like you. Yeah. Um, to make it average. Yeah, I did. I, in, I enjoyed all of them, um, but I would say Gravity Falls, if you're going to pick one, Gravity Falls would be my pick to watch before Halloween, if you can only watch one, because it was just good. It gets you in that Halloween mood. Yeah, and again, like Phineas and Ferb and Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls just did like an amazing job of making it Halloween in summer. Yes. Like, it was just good. It was just good. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. I love that episode, and I watch it frequently. Yeah. I just, that show was just amazing. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so we have agreed that that's our favorite Halloween episode out of these three, but let's talk about some other Halloween episodes sure. that we like. Um, my favorite Halloween, again, I already mentioned this, but my favorite Halloween episode of anything of all time is definitely the Sweet Life episode where they go into Sweet um, 613. Yes. It's just... Amazing. It's so funny. It scared me. Yep, it still scares me so now. Much. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it recently. It was great. And I know you have a different favorite, which is... Oh, the Wizards of Waverly Place episode mm-hmm. with Mantooth. That episode is so good. Yeah. And that's another one I've watched, like, a ton of times. And we probably would have watched it for this episode if Bridget hadn't just recently watched it. Yeah. That one is great. Yeah. I love that episode. And that one has a real Halloween vibe. Mm-hmm. And you know it. Yep. Other things. Hannah Montana has one with, like, her, um, Oh, cousin. Luann? That didn't Ugh. do it for me. I, I don't remember liking that episode as a kid. I haven't watched it recently. Maybe I would have a different opinion. However, yeah. it was okay. There was also a Sweet Life episode that was also, um, came out around Halloween where, um, there's some sort of robot. It's like a Frankenstein vibe. That actually did scare me as a kid, too. Not as mm. much as Ghost in, uh, Sweet 613, but it yeah. did scare me. Um, so that was interesting. <laughs> I can't think of any other ones off the top of my head. Not episodes, but I can definitely name, like, a ton of movies off the top of my head if you're looking for some Halloween... Oh, wait, a TV show? My Babysitter's a Vampire. We were going to watch the movie for this episode, but it's not available anywhere. Right. The TV show is available on Netflix, so if you want to start a new TV show and you've already seen the movie, this is a good one for Halloween. There's only two seasons and the episodes are pretty short. Mm -hmm. I watched a ton of them while I was working on a Halloween-themed letter, Mm -hmm. and it was like, put me in the Halloween mood. It was great. Yeah. Um, And then there's, of course, there's the Halloween Town movies. Right. Twitches is a big one for me during Love Halloween. Love Twitches. Um, Girl versus Monster. Right. Invisible Sister. Both of which we haven't... I've seen both, but I don't remember anything that happens in them. Yeah. And I know there are some older ones, like Under Wraps is, um, I think, goes as Halloween. My mom's on a date with a vampire or something along yeah. those lines, so... Something like... I don't remember the name of that. Yeah. Exactly. There, are, there are a lot of options, though, so... You should... I would highly, highly recommend, if you're trying to get into the Halloween mood, watch an episode. Yes. Or TV show. But, yeah. Or, or a movie, I mean. But I kind of like the... I'm kind of partial to the TV shows because you can just get so many different ones in a short amount of time. Yeah. As opposed to the movies, you really have to commit. Yes, to one storyline. Right. So, it's just a fun thing, but I hope you all have a happy a spooky, a spooky spooky Halloween. Halloween. Um, and thank you for listening to this episode. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye.